The following episode of TOEFOP is rated M.A. It may contain Batman references, time travel references, sexual references, lost trains of thought, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian, or priest. This is John Deke speaking. Relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. Did you watch uh, Usain Bolt or Usain Bolt? You say Usain, I say Usain. Whatever. I have not watched one second of the Olympics. Not well, one. You, you only had to watch uh, nine and a half seconds of it to see fucking Usain Bolt. I just win. listened to a call, actually. The the Uber I caught on the way over, they replayed um, uh, Bruce McAvaney's commentary and... Uh, Peter Donegan did a commentary as well for the live stream and they were comparing them. Whose was a better call? I'm like, Jesus Christ. Nine seconds to compare two blokes and Peter Donegan. Well, you uh, know, that was the overwhelming uh, popular vote. Oh, here's the thing I will say though. I loved it. There was one thing I fucking loved about Bruce's call, which was Bruce picked it early. Like, you know, I mean, he knew when it was that it, and, but the other thing was, and then he just left a big, beautiful space. And it's one of those moments where you're just like, yeah, now nah, fuck it. Just let him own this moment. You don't have to put words over the top. And I do like that about Bruce's commentary. Yeah. I watched it. Man, like sometimes I think the 100 metres is overrated. You know, like it is the premier event. You're like the fucking number one athlete in the world. You know, the 100 metres, right? But it's such a fucking bastardised event full of fucking drug cheats and, you know, whatever. It's been hard to fucking love. And then this guy, Usain Bolt, has just come along. And I fuck. I hope he's clean. I hope that forever he's clean. And yeah, he's not Lance is, Armstrong. Yeah, I just fuck because it'll if he or Phelps. Like I hope that because I think we've seen m- maybe even the two greatest Olympians of all time, and we've got to see them at their prime. Mm-hmm. And it's been fucking Kurt Angle, not and Kurt Angle. The, they're my big throw. They're, they're bronze <laughs> for Angle. I mean, I think happy, happy yeah. with that. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think no. I really think it's like. But the story of that thing was amazing because he. Like, you know, he, he did his hammy, like, you know, the so what, pulled out of, like, the qualifying meets or whatever, like, because he did his hammy. And then, so no one knows. No one ever knows what his, like, form is coming into a meet. That's one of the things I fucking love about him. And then I watched him that semi. And they ran, like, the semi and the final, like, an hour away from each other, like, which was pretty weird. But anyway, um, I watched him in the semi. Why? You think they need more time? Well, they both Gatlin. Uh, it was really funny because Gatlin, who came second, who's the drug dude, he came second, and he was like the Darth Vader in this. He yeah. was like the big bad. No so one. So he's been disqualified twice, right? Twice. But he's done his time. Yeah, he's done. So four this, years why out. isn't this a story of redemption? Well, you know, some people tried to make that argument that it is a story of redemption, but no way, motherfucker, you're racing against Usain Bolt, who just everyone loves. He does that lightning bolt, but no, he, <laughs> he he's a fucking shit starter. Like, he stands up, like, everyone else is racing, like, everyone else has a start, and he just kind of stands up at the start of his race, which I fucking love. And then he just, in his, like, semi, he looks so easy, and you were like, oh, oh this is this is going to be fun. So they've come out for the final, and, like, you know, they do this weird fucking intro and whatever, and then everybody's, like, doing their thing, and everyone looks nervous as fuck, right? They're all just shitting themselves. And Bolt, like, I don't know if it's just bravado or if that's really what he feels or, like, it's just his way of getting to... But he looks like 
like he's just like smoked a joint the size of the Olympic fucking torch and just fucking rolled out there for some good times. Yeah. Like he owns the moment. He's trying to eat the Olympic rings. He thinks they're burger rings. Mate, from, yeah, there's only three rings left. That's how he celebrates. <laughs> he climbs up and like, you know what? I don't think he's done performance enhancing drugs, but someone told him you could eat two of the rings <laughs> if he won the gold. <laughs> he thinks they're tokens. Yeah. He's like, this is a token for a ring, right? Um, casual as fuck. And then... He misses the start 10 meters in. Like, here's the thing. The race goes for 10 seconds and you forget that you can tell a historic story in fucking 10 seconds. It's an amazing thing. I can't, clearly. It's taken me fucking three minutes to tell this story. But, (laughs) like, he misses the start and 10 meters in, he's at the back of the pack and then he just stands up and he just starts running. And Gatlin, the evil, the big bad... He's, sec- he's right up the front. Yeah. He's the guy. He's given Gatlin fucking 10 fucking meters. Yeah. Uh, by and, the way, um, how often has Gatlin gun being used in a headline, you reckon? Yeah. I mean, fucking dirty, rotten drug cheat. That's what he <laughs> is. But anyway, he did his job. He came second. We're all fine with that. Like, I, I saw a sports reporter write that it was the race that he, if he won, he lost. But if he lost, he won. And I think that's probably true. That people can, yeah. people now, can so say next it's, race, it's a can, redemption story yeah. now. You yeah. know, he did his time and he yeah. came back hey, at 34. Rocky, Rocky didn't win the first fight. You know what? That's okay. We can we can kind of have that for you. But if you've beaten Usain Bolt, then that would have been terrible. So he can win. If he if he races at the next Olympics, he can win gold if Usain Bolt's not racing. Fuck, if he's 38, there'll be some other questions asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin, but people are still going to ask for you urine even though you'll have to pass it eight times in little bursts by the, that age. So do you have Olympic fever? Have you been oh, watching so, a lot? No, this is what I was going to say. So then he cruises. Have you seen the photo? No. This fucking photo today. Oh, oh the God. one on BuzzFeed? Yeah. Where he's kind of looking at the camera. He's literally... <laughs> like the flash. He's like the flash. It's yeah. like everybody else is trying their hardest. Yeah. And he's he, literally sipping a drink. He's uh, got a newspaper open in front of him. Someone compared it to the Roadrunner. Yeah. Like, and it does. It yeah. looks like when the Roadrunner just forces to go, sorry, fuck you, Wiley Coyote. Like, <laughs> the most interesting pronunciation in that name. <laughs> that, that's actually how he pronounces it. <laughs> Wiley yeah, Coyote. Yeah, while everybody... My, uh, that was my slave name. He was like... <laughs> No, it's like Young Frankenstein. It's you know, he's like it's Coyote. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, not at all. I hate the fucking Olympics. I have not been fascinated at all, apart from Michael Phelps and uh, Usain Bolt and everything else can go fuck itself. What about you? No, I, I, just, I managed to miss it. Like I didn't somehow. Uh, I didn't get caught up in the hype, which is strange because I work at the network that is screening it, and there is literally a giant kind of like Olympic rings when you go into the foyer to my work. But um, time of day, I think time of day isn't helping. Time of day, but also I just kind of, uh, I think, I think my my recreation time now is limited to I can watch a sporting event per week, and I choose to make that AFL. So I don't know if it's a if it's it's probably more an endorsement of the AFL than an indictment on the Olympics. The, the AFL has such a good product. I choose to make it my two hours or three hours of sports recreation per week. Did you hear that Daily Thompson story? About Revolt? About Nick Revolt? Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, uh, you know, when he saw him run, he was like, give me that guy and I will make him an Olympian. Like, that, that's, that's the only reason I'm interested in the Olympics. I'm like, could Nick Revolt beat an Olympian? <laughs> and then it, it turns out Chris Judd, as a 16-year-old, was faster than... But Blitzards, who's clearly the fastest guy in the AFL, he... Better faster than Danger? 
Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I mean, I think he's the fastest. Acknowledged as being the fastest. I know. knew I was in Melbourne on the weekend because when I opened the Herald Sun, there was a kid, Chalmers, who won an eighteen-year-old who won the swimming. Yeah. And, well, his dad played for Adelaide and Port. Yeah, right. But there was the the article was more about how he could have played AFL more than he just won gold at the Olympics. Oh, his dad was spewing. I heard his dad interviewed. He wasn't really, <laughs> but like he kind of was. He was like, he could still play AFL. I'm like, mate, he's not playing AFL. He just won a gold medal at the Olympics. What would it be like to be a naturally gifted athlete? Like, I know you played junior football, but I mean... I was not naturally gifted. A superb... I was a... You big, know, you're big. I you're a big, big lug. Yeah, I was genetically gifted for a brief period. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like a mutant if their power just went away. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, if I just had a really good three years where I could do fucking all sorts of mutant Was tricks. that just a growth spurt? Is that what it was? Yeah, it was a growth spurt. Yeah. Um... And then I just didn't really get any taller. So when you get bigger as a, like a, a teenage boy, do you become more of a target as well? People think you're tough automatically because you're bigger than everyone? Yeah. Yeah. So in grade six, when Lachlan Wig um, at the school sports... Kristen Wiggs. Yeah, brother. Kristen Wiggs' brother. Yeah. Uh, actually, a character played by Kristen Wiggs. Lachlan Wig. Uh, yeah, she's very, very method. And uh, Lockie Week, who is now like a big shot down in, in Gippsland and like owns a lot of the properties and like has a major transport business or something. I'm, But whatever he is, he's very, very fucking successful at what he does. Um, when I was in grade six, he was at a different school to me and we got in a fight because he had made fun of one of the... Um, well, I won't, I won't incriminate him all these fucking years later, but there had been a disagreement and I had been sending because I was the biggest and he was fucking massive and then he punched me in the face and it hurt. <laughs> Were you the same age? Yeah, same age, yeah, but he right. was tough. How did, you, how did He that, was tough and I was How did that meeting go ever. between you and your mates when they decided you're the one to go fight Biff Tannen? I mean, I think I... As a, you know what it was? I think I was... You again, volunteered. I was morally outraged by right. what had happened. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure everybody... This is an outrage? We can't stand for it? Well, why don't you go fight him, Will? Oh, no, I'm not saying that. Let's not go crazy. Essentially, this was the Batman Begins origin story of Twitter. <laughs> because now I can zing those people online. I can make my beliefs known about, like, you know, persecuted yeah. minorities online in a safe environment in my home where nobody's going to punch me. I think my greatest camouflage as a teenager was I've always been average. <laughs> average height, average look, average looks, average abilities. So I never was a threat to anyone. I was never a perceived threat physically or intellectually or right. anything. So it made me the perfect infiltrator. Mr. Average. Mr. Average. Yeah. In fact, if... You boy were, Average. When That's they, what you were, because you were a teen. When a James, boy Average. When James Cameron wrote the original Terminator, he yeah. originally wrote the Terminator as being for Lance Henriksen, someone who could just blend in, because that would make it a better a better machine to infiltrate and assassinate I mean, that's people. That's a fucking fair point. Like, I mean, the Terminator with Arnold Schwarzenegger is like an open carry gun law. Yeah. You see your fucking shit coming. But Lance and that's good. I like it. So that's That's me. a good reboot of the Terminator. That's what they should be doing instead of fucking making the Terminator. Like, that's, that was a kind of the appeal of like even the Robert Patrick one to a certain degree was like, it wasn't Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. You were like, yeah, okay, that does look like an update. There was an Asian one. It should be a hipster one or something, like a quirky one. A quirky one. Who would be a great... A sardonic, a sardonic Terminator. Oh. Teenager. You know who's like aching for a fucking good part and they would be able to nail the humor of this but also kind of the action and shit? No. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill is the Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back and hilarious. <laughs> now, will, be, will it be skinny Jonah or, or hefty Jonah? Yeah, he'll get in, in shape. He needs something to get in shape for too. So he'll get in shape-ish. But not... He'll get in Seth Rogen shape. Not like, you know... I reckon, what about Aubrey Plaza? 
Aubrey Plaza. Oh, that's good, actually. Deadpan Aubrey yeah. Plaza as yeah. a Terminator. Just a Terminator that is dis- disinterested and sarcastic and puts yeah. you down all the time. Well, Doesn't mean- kill you... With bullets, kills you with put down. Kills your confidence. Yeah. <laughs> Just destroys your need, your want or need or desire Skynet. to run a revolution. See, Skynet, yeah. they realize they've tried to assassinate two or three times. They keep fucking up the timeline. It doesn't work. How about we just attack John Connor's confidence? But also, let's... Yeah, exactly. John confidence. (laughs) But the other thing is, let's be honest about this. Like, if we're really talking about the future, we were literally talking about Terminator before we started, and now we've got back to it, which is great. Um, But uh, if you wanted the big bad, and that was my problem with the last one, where uh, where Genesis was Skynet, spoilers. Um, But... uh, Yeah, Skynet was essentially the internet in 2008. Right. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, when is it? Is this set in the past? Is this set in the recent past? A short time ago in a galaxy exactly like this one? Yeah. We literally have, because we were just talking, this is why we were talking about it, but um, like things like Amazon and Google, you know, Google, whose motto is, you know, uh, don't be evil. Like, that's the perfect motto for an evil organization. You have yeah. Facebook who can control our emotions and our information. You have Amazon who are buying fucking drones and wanting to control all entertainment and shopping in the entire fucking world. Like, these are the modern day big bads. I'm not saying that each of them are going to be big bads, but like, these are the potential big bads. We already have these in our world. Who do these guys fucking love? These fucking nerds, they love Aubrey Plaza. Like, she's the total fucking nerd bait, and the future is being designed by these guys. Of course, that they're super Terminator. If they're going to build a Terminator, they're going to build a Terminator they can also fuck, right? Yeah. So they're going to build an Aubrey Plaza bot. Yeah. That's the perfect Terminator. It proves the ex machina principle. Right, exactly. Yeah. First thing is, wow, we've created artificial intelligence. Second is, can I fuck it? Yeah, can I fuck it? And then I want her to make me feel bad about myself. (laughs) Perfect. He comes back with her sardonic wit. Have you noticed that um, Zac Efron's been trying his hand at comedy? He's had a few cracks at it. Has he? Yeah. In what? Bad Grandpa. And then Mike and Dave need wedding dates. And then he's going to be in Baywatch. What do you think about hot dudes doing comedy? Chris Hemsworth's having a crack at it? I uh, got an audition for Baywatch. Did you? Yeah. That's what? (laughs) (laughs) One of the buoys. Notice I didn't even like assume that you were like a human. As what? Will. Yeah, uh, yeah, as a fucking uh, platypus coming to life, uh, playing Captain Platypus. Now, let me guess what you were. Yep. Uh, all right. Um, did you have an occupation? Uh, yeah. Were you defined by your occupation? That's, uh, yeah. Okay. Were you in like? Were you a bureaucrat? No. Were you in law enforcement? No. Um, were well, you minor law enforcement? All right, give me what, what was your occupation? My, no, I'm not gonna everything away. Yeah. Uh, okay, were you a marine biologist? No, were you did you have to have a degree to have your job? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> did you sell ice creams? No, did you sell anything at the beach? Uh, no, did you sell anything away from the beach? Uh, no, I don't know. Were you uh, a drug dealer? Know. Uh, you know what. I didn't see the whole backstory, but I would not be surprised if that were one of the twists. But no, I, as far as I know, I were was you a not teacher? A drug dealer. No, <sighs> that's all the occupations. I'm pretty right. sure I know them all. No, you're, you're a musician. You're, you, no, a busker. No, set at the beach. Yeah, set at the beach. Were you someone who uses one of those metal detectors? I'm loving this so much, by the <laughs> way, because it's like this. Were like, you a lifeguard? Yes. <laughs> Oh, 
What I love about that the most is... And you didn't get it. I'm shocked. What I love about this the most is that how surprised you... Like, it was clearly the last thing that you would possibly consider. No, my understanding... In a film that's about lifeguards. <laughs> yeah. Literally, that's the, the one job that most of them have in it. But I could never consider that you would actually be one of those people. No, I'm fair enough, mate. No, I didn't go for it. I just got sent the audition. Like, All right. You, Was you, it funny? Would you like to go for this? Oh, you know what? I don't. I don't like to, you know, burn bridges that I don't even like. You know, have the tolls to cross. But um, no, not really. I mean, I don't want to act. So for me, it, like, it would have had to be pretty fucking amazing, or I would have had to think that I could have been. Who's directing amazing. it? Is that like an Apatow or something? It feels. It's like, like a, it, look, you know what they're doing? Like, it's a comedy. Yeah. And it was obviously like it's going to be. I assume it's in the spirit of like Twenty One Jump Street. Right, I think so. Right. I mean, but you know, it just depends how much in the spirit it is. Okay, let's have a look. Baywatch, uh, the film. Uh, here we go. Let's see what we can find out about it. Wikipedia. If only. I know we've speculated about this before, but we've been talking about a way to, uh, you know, continue doing the podcast, but actually, like, you know, just making a little bit of money. And um, uh, Wikipedia is the only thing I can think of as a that sponsor is... who has mentioned naturally every fucking episode, <laughs> but unfortunately they don't have enough. If only it was Amazon we were looking this shit up for. They have they have the money. Um, all right. Uh, Seth Gordon. Seth uh, Gordon. Who, what did he do? Seth I don't Gordon. Know. Um, Pineapple okay. Express? Is that him? Uh, Seth Gordon. That's filmography. All right. He did um, Pixels, uh. Identity Thief, Undefeated, Horrible Bosses, uh. Freakonomics, uh. Four Christmases, uh. Uh, The King of Kong. Ah. The documentary? Yeah. Ah, oh, well, that's a good film. Yeah. Oh, my God. I think I auditioned for him for something. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that was that's him. Huh. All right. So um, that's funny because in Pixels, isn't there a character who plays like the the dude with the mullet? So the guy yeah. made the documentary about the dude with the mullet. Cast Peter Dinklage as the dude with the mullet. Are you saying that he just fucking ripped it off? Is that what you're saying? No, it's just it's a bit of I don't know. It's just a weird kind of bit of meta filmmaking there. Uh, the film stars Dwayne Johnson. Oh God, I could have been in a film with The Rock. That would have been pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Zac Efron. Priyanka Chopra, Alexandra is. Daddario, I assume they're Kelly Rohrabach. Yeah, look, to be honest, there's not a huge like I can understand how I might have gotten audition. <laughs> <laughs> Were you playing an Australian? Can you remember? Ah, uh, well, I can't remember. There no, should be an Aussie because Phelps he was in the original Baywatch. Yeah, he was actually. I remember that blew my mind as a kid to see an American show with an Australian character. Although it's fair to say. <clears throat> Bit of a stereotype. I believe his entrance, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, Peter Phelps's entrance in Baywatch is that David Hasselhoff is talking to whatever chick is his like second in command or whatever in their office, which is on like a raised platform, and they hear something outside, and Peter Phelps has climbed up the flagpole, oh no, the like the, the sail the pole in the middle of a sailboat to climb in the office window because why not? And that's what that's how an Aussie enters a room. It's bloody how we get into things, mate, in Australia. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck the door, mate. That's bloody bullshit. This is fucking Australian, mate. I'm climbing up a pole. He, uh, he actually wrote a memoir, Peter Phelps, called Sex Without Madonna, which is like his time. Because after, after Baywatch, he spent like some time in Hollywood. <clears throat> it's actually a pretty interesting memoir. At one stage, he was reading uh, uh, a draft of either Batman or Batman Returns where there was Robin, and he was like going to read 
for Robin before the character got cut of the film. Peter Phelps. Was going to be Robin. As Robin. Yeah, young Peter Phelps. Fucking hell, Batman. <laughs> but I seem to remember in the book, he reckons he got blacklisted. He, uh, he had issues with David Hasselhoff. He told a story about uh, going to see the Super Bowl at David Hasselhoff's house. And when he went round there, all the chairs were those director's chairs with David Hasselhoff written on the back. So yeah. everyone was sitting in David Hasselhoff chairs. And then at half time, uh, David Hasselhoff got up and said, oh, I want to show everyone my new music video. And Phelps, he started laughing because he's like, he's not serious. Right. And then he made everyone sit down and watch like an 11 minute music video for one of those songs he, he did in Germany. <laughs> I mean, that, they were the songs that brought down the Berlin Wall, yeah. Charlie. So, you know, Peter Phelps might want to fucking mock that. But you know what? I think that that's a fair enough reason to be blacklisted. Yeah. Yeah. The man who brought peace to Germany. Hey, um, I saw that movie um, that was about the blacklisted writers. Did, did you see that? It was a well, about one specific writer who wrote a whole bunch of like huge like Oscar-winning films. And uh, fuck. Oh god, oh, we have to go back to Wikipedia god. so Wikipedia early. In the podcast. So early, like twice already. Twenty minutes in. Oh, and two visits. Mate, we can't afford Wikipedia. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know what? I feel like one of those people who's made a second visit to the pizza shop. <laughs> Do you mean like you're like, oh, sorry, mate. I did not think I'd be back here so quickly. I feel, or the bottle shop. Probably that's better. Yeah. <laughs> the pizza shop. <laughs> what life are you living How did with? you not get cast as that lifeguard? Yeah, I don't watch. fucking know, mate. I was the pizza eater guy. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, Hollywood blacklist film. Who is in it? Maybe I can guess it. Uh Hang on. All right. I, I'm happy for you to have a go at it if you no. want to. Okay. Um, oh, okay. So it was actually a 2015 film, but I just saw it this year. Um, so it stars Brian Cranston. Uh, yeah. Uh, Trumbo. Trumbo. Yeah. And it's really fucking good. I like it. He looked it. good in the trailers. It looked like he was going for an Oscar. It's a really, really interesting story. Like about, you know, this dude who was like one, yeah, who was on the, the famous, you know, like, blacklist because you know allegedly yeah. he was a communist but he continued to write because he was such a powerful writer and ended up yeah. like winning an oscar that he, anyway it's a really like yeah. spoilers but you should fucking when he watch got it. fired they said you're tromboned <laughs> he did got in a lot of trouble for that he didn't write that one but uh <laughs> Trum- um, tromboned what's your here's a question without notice but um yeah. <laughs> shoot kid uh i think Here's a statement. I'm going to make a provocative statement and then you can tell me one way or the other whether you think it's correct. I think 2016 is so far the worst year ever for movies. Uh, oh, fuck. Um, I would not be able to acknowledge that without having them in front of me. What's Okay. Well, what's the best film? Let's start with what's the best film to come out in the last... Uh, what we're we going to say with from January? Yeah, okay. Australian just, summer, Australian summer, or yeah, maybe that little leak over, whatever. But like you know, around <laughs> last that sort of time. nine months. Yeah, what's it, so nine months? We're barely anything left in this year. What are you? What's the best? What's film the best film, film you've seen? seen Should immediately come to I mind, can't right? Think of one, no. The best film you've seen. Uh, of the whole fucking year, uh, you should just be immediately Mad able Max to. Mad Max Road was last year, wasn't it? Yes, it was. A long time ago. Yeah. Uh, so what's your favourite film of these? Right, right, man. I'm trying to think. I can't think with you talking like this, man. I'm going to do a quiz show where I ask the questions <laughs> like that, like a who wants to be a billionaire. Yeah. And I just like, I constantly ask them, now who is it? Is it Ian Thorpe? Or is it Grant Hackett? Stop it. Uh, I can't. Oh, what's your best film? 
I, what's come out? I don't honestly okay, let's, know. Let's, let's, oh, God. Let's not go back to Wikipedia. Let's see if we Will, let's see if we can use our brains. Okay. Um, but I, the first thing I would say, the only thing that comes to mind where I would say to people, you've got to see this film that I've seen this year, off the top of my head is Hunt for the Wilder People. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only I liked thing. It. That, I liked it. I liked and again, it. I'm not saying that's like... In any other year, that might be like the quirky pick on my top ten. I mean, I just that's how bad I think this year has been for films. Uh, well, I saw Down Under. I like that. That's a good Australian oh, film. You know what? People go and check that out, regardless of how it is. It's like yeah. it's a good story of how they got made, and I I would like you know. Um, what else did I say? I saw Bloodfather. I like that. But that was not like that was just a, a fun throwaway kind of film. Mel mm. Gibson being old grizzled Max. Fuck, you really start what Civil War came out this year. Yeah, Ex Machina. No, that was last year. Fuck. Yeah. So Civil War, I liked. But geez, if Civil War's like if Hunt for the Wilder People and Civil War mm. are my top two locks on this list at the moment. Look, it's a bad year for the draft. That's what I would say. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you it's know, pretty thin. You pool. don't want the number one pick this year. It's not going to pay off down the line. Yeah, that's right. All right, I've gone to um, uh, Rotten Tomatoes and said they've just got the best, like the best ranked movies of the year. So that's as good yeah. a place as any to start. Yeah. So the best ranked movie on Rotten Tomatoes with ninety eight percent is uh, Zootopia, which I, I have seen not it. seen, but I have heard good things about that. Uh, with ninety five percent, I'll I'll let you guess. What do you think the second top ranked film of two thousand and sixteen? Again, it's a children's story of sorts, at least. Of sorts. Um, is it a like a Hollywood? It has to be a Hollywood blockbuster, right? It's a blockbuster. Well, it was intended to be a blockbuster. I'm not sure how it actually is done, but I don't know. Tell me. Uh, the Jungle Book. Oh fuck! I would never have guessed that. Right. No interest. Okay. I don't even know what Love and Friendship is, but that's got ninety nine percent. Sounds boring. It sounds boring. <laughs> Boo! Boo! We're the 1%. What? Hang on, what? Uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, that's in fourth place, in fourth rank. Finding Dory. Did you see Finding Dory? No. No? Sing Street? What? No. <laughs> Captain America Civil War? Yes. Which we both agree. <laughs> Look at that. We are dumb as shit. Yes. Like literally. Trump, 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 uh, uh, embrace of the serpent. What the fuck? You're making it up now. <laughs> Don't think twice. All right, I won't. Hello, high water. Uh, apparently, that's good. Jim saw that on the weekend at Melbourne. Eye in the sky. Nah. Only yesterday. No. The wailing. Who? The witch. Shut up. Wiener. No. Oh, apparently that's good though. That looks good. Uh, is it the Anthony Weiner? Yeah, yeah I, I do hear that's amazing because yeah. apparently he just has a complete and utter breakdown. While it's one of those docos where, which are the best docos, where you think you're making a docu about something, but it actually ends up being a much fucking more freaky story than the one you set out to make. Yeah, that's the Anthony Weiner thing. Yeah. yeah, I can't wait to see that. That that looks really cool. Like, I mean, just the sheer arrogance of a guy who got in such trouble doing a thing or the compulsion or whatever the fuck it is mm. of like somebody got in trouble for that and then invited a camera crew into the most intimate parts of his life when yeah. he could proceeded to make the exact fucking same mistake have, he made before. Have you ever seen, there's a fantastic documentary called Overnight about this director called Patrick Duffy. Do you know this story? I don't know if I do. Ah, oh, this is like one of my all-time favorite documentaries. This guy, Patrick Duffy... Uh, came up in the late 90s when, you know, Miramax were king and it was all indie films and all that kind of stuff. And so there's this big story that like um, one of the Weinstein brothers had met this 
rough and tumble bartender at this Boston bar who was the lead singer of like a heavy rock band who also had written this screenplay called The Boondock Saints and he bought it for a million dollars. Oh, right. Yeah, I remember. So it became this big story like, you know, like Kevin Smith, like Quentin Tarantino, here comes another fucking like indie darling with this fucking, you know, rock and roll crime story, you know, Boondock Saints. So this guy hired his mates. He's like, dudes, it's about to fucking kick off for me. Make a documentary about my ascent to fucking like superstardom. So his mates make start making this documentary and this dude, I think his name, is it, is it Patrick Duffy or whatever? It's something Duffy is the very definition of a blowhard. Like, he's this big fucking loud-talking, loud-drinking guy who just talks about, like, his negotiating tactics is he just fucking kicks the door in, he's wearing overalls, he's hung over his shit, he puts his feet up on the table and he says, go fuck yourselves. Like, that's his whole kind of attitude. And so, as this documentary progresses, you see, like, Miramax have offered they're going to buy the bar he works at, um, they're going to uh, give him an, a, a, an album deal for his band. And so you see all his bandmates being like, fuck, man, like this is big for us, you know? Like, let's, can we be included? And he's like, no way, I'm fucking handling negotiations and stuff. And as the film progresses, he just starts fucking pissing off more and more people. And you see him like at these Hollywood parties, like chatting to Mark Wahlberg and stuff. And he's trying to get Ewan McGregor to play the lead role, but they get into an argument over the death penalty. And so you just see this fucking thing spiral out of control. And it just becomes... It's not a rags to riches story. It's a riches to rags. You just see this guy take a golden opportunity into his own fucking ego and inability to kind of stop talking when the cameras are rolling. It just makes one of the most compelling documentaries of all time. So did that come out this year? No. No. And you've not <laughs> spoken passionately about anything that came out of this year. All right, here we go. Uh, in, uh, what have we got? Don't Think Twice, Eye in the Sky, Only Yesterday, The Wailing, The Witch, Wiener. Uh, the Nice Guys, which I didn't see, but I heard okay things about. It was okay. Uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I saw. It's okay. Yeah. It took me a couple of goes to go through it, to get through it, to be honest. Um, uh, April in the Extraordinary World, Marguerite, Dark Horse. Yeah, that's really good. I saw that. Aphorim, Cemetery of Splendor, which is, is about people who died at Splendor in the Grass. Uh, the Dark Horse. What? Hang on. No, maybe the Dark Horse. There's Dark Horse and the Dark Horse? Oh my God. I saw one of there them. There seems to be. Whatever the one is that's about the Kiwi chess player. It's really right. good. Okay. Gee, that's a confusing year to come out with Dark Horse and the Dark Horse. Somebody's yeah. really pissed off. When, <laughs> and some people are just going to be really pissed off when they see the wrong movie. I hope they're really different movies. <laughs> the Fits. Don't know it. Krishna. No. Green Room. Oh, apparently that's good. Rams. Little Men. De Palma, The Lobster. That's uh, Colin Farrell. Gleason, Hail Caesar, which I, I liked, I but didn't, I didn't, I didn't you like know, it. Uh, Amy didn't like it. Tickled, Little Prince, Life Animated, The Innocents, Deadpool. I like Deadpool. Deadpool's going Deadpool on. Deadpool and Captain America. <laughs> I mean. This, you know, this is this is pretty tough though, right? My, anyway, my point is... You're, you make, are right? you talking me around? Right, this you is a fucking shitty year for movies. Or at least, this is a shitty year for big movies. Like, there hasn't been any good big mainstream movies. Maybe some of those, like, littler movies that I haven't seen. Yeah, well, we haven't seen movies. any of those top ten. Yeah, but because they didn't come out in fucking cinemas. I saw Ghostbusters. It's at 76. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind that. That's going on my list. Ghostbusters. <laughs> Well, one film uh, I did see, which people oh, have yeah. been asking us to talk about, yeah, was so Suicide well. Squad. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. It kept me entertained, but it's a complete mess. 
Like it's, I think my expectations were sufficiently dampened by everyone. So I went in there and was like, oh, yeah, I mean, there's stuff in it I like. I liked uh, Margot Robbie. I liked Will Smith. I thought the, what's the name, the mean chick, the chick who just shoots a room full of people and suddenly she's meant to be like a good guy. Amanda Waller. That hurt. Yeah. 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 All right, spoilers. Spoilers. (laughs) You know what? Spoilers would not affect this film at all because nothing. (laughs) Well, I tweeted. Um, the, the great thing about Suicide Squad is after the first 20 minutes you can just go to the toilet whenever you want and yeah. I didn't even mean that in a bad way I just meant that in that literally the first 20 minutes sets up the movie and then like the next you know whatever is like you're playing a video game of the movie that has no real directional point to go there's some good bits in it yeah. like I, I didn't hate it the way I hated Batman vs Superman yeah um I didn't have the expectations for it but also there yeah. was bits of it that I really enjoyed there was yeah. literally bits of it that I was kind of like it was like somebody had like you know deconstructed my favorite ingredients and then like done one of those TV challenge shows where you have to make them into things that aren't actually mm. what they're made into. So like I was eating like, you know, I, I wasn't really eating asparagus. I was eating an asparagus mousse that had been made been sweet for a dessert. And you're like, oh, oh. I do like a, a dessert yeah, and I do I like know. asparagus, yeah. but I don't know these asparagus dessert fusion thing. Yeah, it's doing. like DC, they have this mandate of let's deconstruct our heroes, which doesn't make them very heroic in the end. But the, the main problem for me with the film is that they had a perfectly good villain just sitting there, but they went with this convoluted, nonsensy, magic kind of villain. Like, I hadn't, I didn't care, and it made no sense, when all they had to do was make it the Joker, the main bad right. guy, and it's about him trying to get Harley out of this kind of suicide squad, right. and them... Kind She's, of her having to sort of... They've all got chips in their head. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, as they demonstrate with a character they introduce, it's, again, spoilers, but a character they introduce for 30 seconds just so they can kill them. Yeah. Like, it could he, not he have gets been, Jimmy Olsen. Could not have been more obvious. Well, the only difference is if you go, hi, I'm Jimmy Olsen, yeah. and then he got killed. Like, couldn't have been more obvious if he'd been looking at a picture of his, like, you know, children and saying, it's my last day before Suicide Squad retirement. Yeah. Like, literally, like, you know, crazy. But anyway... um, the, I didn't mind like you know the establishment of the characters. I thought that was kind of a cool part of the the movie. Yeah, but it and, was. But so, how? But how painfully awkward was that roll call? Ah, like, I mean, it was like it was like she's but, having dinner, and and it was like so. Will Anderson, what's he like? And it's like cut the montage. Will Anderson is the most dangerous assassin out there. It's like, like it was like a video game. Yeah, it was like you were choosing your character in a video game. Endless. And they gave you the. It little, went for twelve minutes. Right, but I actually think in some ways it should have gone for longer, but just like oh, yeah. told in a different way. But I saw this, this theory on the internet, which I really liked. It was it needed, I may be getting the character's name wrong, but mm. the Willy Wonka character is Snodgrass or whatever his name was. Remembering Willy yeah, Wonka? Yeah, yeah, the one who tries like the, to tempt Charlie into stealing the, the yeah. secrets from the right, factory. Except, but he isn't really. He's actually yeah, he just works for the, Willy Wonka. He works for Willy Wonka, right? But you never know what his motivations are as he's like assembling and Snodgrass. doing all the things he's doing. Yeah. And I was saying if Amanda Waller had been like a snodgrass where you she was getting this team together but you didn't know whether her intentions were good or bad yeah. rather than her just announcing what her intentions were at dinner all the time as yeah. you were saying and then them going to really expensive soundtracks and video game like fucking wrestling introductions for the characters but yeah. as you said you could have this team like by the way stop showing fucking Superman and Batman killing everybody and then showing the Suicide Squad really just not killing anybody like mixed messages yeah mixed messages but secondly you get all these terrible people together and you demonstrate that they're together because they've got this like chip in the neck. Great. Then, yeah, get the Joker to be the big bad trying to get Harley Quinn out of that situation, right? Mm. And like, But he has to do it in a way that 
he obviously doesn't kill her. Yeah. Fucking easy. 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 And and just cut the characters down. Like, it should just be that uh, Rick Flagg, Deadshot, and Harley have been set into Midway City for whatever reason, and they come across those other characters who have escaped or are running around. And, you know, because that way you can choose to have them. some of them become allies or you can fight others straight away or one becomes right. an ally then well, turns bad. That's a really good example. It's like you could have some fights. Yeah. Like, imagine if you had some fights Against while you were other than these, these mud men. That was so. Did, that was one point where I'm like, "Is this Doctor Who? Like, this feels like seventies Doctor Who." Oh, I mean, because like the big bad evil woman was trying to control everybody with the power of modelling. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, there literally, was some, she was you, doing an impression of one of those uh, like blow up things outside fucking know, car dealerships. It was such. I like, felt, and that was meant I to be the bad. scary thing. I felt bad for her because that no, was obviously she a was direction. Like, just not fucking rich and pretty and successful. <laughs> I'd feel terrible. It was for such her. a weird little snake dance. But oh, terrible choices. I know, but it's just yeah. It was. Um, and also, my favorite thing. Not, well, again, spoilers, but um, uh, I, I fucking love the fact that there's this major plot, which is basically we've got to turn her back. But fuck that just random stranger black guy yeah. who also got turned bad by something beyond his control. Yeah. Fuck him. Let's rip his heart Let's out. Let's fucking rip his heart out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was, uh, it felt like if the rumors are true, it's been, you know, um, uh, it's been, they had reshoots and they've tried right. to kind of jazz it up. And I feel like you can sense that because I felt like it was a much more stripped back story that was character focused that they've tried to trick up with lots of kind of explosions and pretty underwhelming special effects like that's the and another hole in the fucking sky that everything is getting sucked i mean yeah it's just i once who cares look there's the special effects are overdone and shots of margot robbie's ass i mean i once read a review of showgirls that said the biggest crime of this film is that it makes naked boobs boring right and i could say suicide squad does the same thing Less there's, is more. There's literally a point where you go, okay, this is like too much now. And you turn to the person you're with and go, I have to comment on the fact of how often they're showing her ass. And my audience, they will continue to do it for about another four or five <laughs> times after that. My, the audience that I saw it with were laughing when it got to like the fifth or sixth shot. It was just like, come on. Oh, it's like Sideshow Bob and the Rakes. If I, <laughs> if I found out that was their in-joke, they were like, you know what? It's funny, but then you go through a period where you think it's too much. But yeah. then we keep going and then it's funny again. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, there was bits and pieces of it that I thought was, like, fun, you know. Well, I got... I, I like Jai Courtney's, you know, kind of... Mi- like, I mean, it was they the, didn't even use him. It was the hugest racist stereotype. <laughs> like, by the way, this is how privileged we are as Australians, is that if that sort of racial stereotype was used against almost any other nationality, it would be horribly, horribly offensive. Yeah. Like, if that was a Chinese character in a big fucking rice hat called yeah. Captain Ching Chong, yeah. who threw fucking, like, chopsticks at people, which yeah. is essentially what the fuck... I felt like Jai Courtney was paying tribute to uh, a pioneer in Peter Phelps, who right. uh, had to play the first... <laughs> Offensive Australian stereotype. That's how Peter Fells was going to play Robin. Yeah. Just stealing yeah. shit and always being drunk. But yeah, they missed that. They, but that was a perfect opportunity. There's one good moment that character has where um, basically, you know, uh, it's all gone to shit and, you know, Rick Flagg comes in and says, I'm destroying the, the, the trigger for your bombs. You're all free to go. And he just grabs his stuff and just bolts out the door. And it's like, great. You know, but he should have been doing that the whole film. He should have been betraying him and double-crossing him all the time. He should have been like a completely slimy... Just give him something to do. Oh, by the way, he'd robbed every bank in Australia. Like, A, why would you? Like, some of them are just going to be like, if you've robbed the big city banks, why are you fucking bothering going to fucking Bendigo? 
to Rob oh, well, that's actually a bad example. There is a Bendigo Bank. It's a big chain. But yeah. like to Hayfield. <laughs> you're not going to go to Hayfield and rob the bank in fucking Hayfield. You just might, you'll go, you know what, I'll rob a couple of big city banks. That's clearly a rider going like, how many banks in Australia? Right. Oh, it can't be more than like five or six. And apparently there's like thousands. Apparently it would take you like 14 years or something to rob every <laughs> did someone worked that someone out? Someone did that, yeah. <laughs> someone, of course. It's the internet. Of course. Yeah. I think the big... If you're robbing a bank a day, I guess maybe you could do more than a bank a day, but like for your plans and getaway and stuff, that's a lot of fucking banks to rob. Yeah. And well, don't you think eventually the banks would come up with some different system? Like if, if someone was literally robbing Unless every... it was a simultaneous robbery. Oh, oh, yeah, okay. He didn't really feel like the simultaneous robbery type. He really felt like I'm just going He's in alone. and grabbing the money. Yeah. yeah. Um, I reckon the biggest misuse though was Killer Croc. They could have made him the Hulk of Suicide Squad by just making him, like, he just comes wheeled in like Hannibal Lecter is bound right. up. He's too dangerous. You can't go near him. He'll bite your fucking hand off. But then in the third act, when they're up against whatever the big bad is, you unleash Killer Croc. That's how he should have been used. But instead, he walks around in a hoodie and, and quotes Christina Aguilera. Is I mean, that, was that, was that right? What the fuck is going on with the Killer Croc? How is oh, Krill- beautiful. How- no matter what they say. Words can't bring me down. He loves the voice. That didn't actually happen. Loves but the if voice. that had happened, I mean, did it not happen? It might have in one of the six versions they've got laying around on the internet somewhere. I mean, what the fuck was going on with that character? Like, it was so not, just it, no nothing. Yeah, redundant. Like, it made no fucking sense. He wasn't funny enough. He was like, you know, what it was he was like an old. He was the comedy version. Imagine the Ninja Turtles are the young upstarts who are doing the fucking good thing and there's some fucking old guy on the scene who's bitter and just wears his hoodie and thinks he's really funny these days, but he's not anymore. Like, he's a bitter old fucking comic. That's who he is. He's been living in the sewer, fucking resenting the new kid's success. He's like, ooh, fucking oh, it's a croc before the whole fucking... Well, that, <clears throat> that's the other thing they completely missed is the reason for that group being together was apparently... Because if Superman came down and ripped some right. roof off the White House, who are you going to like get together? And it's like, well, these guys, I don't. I reckon Superman would kill him in about two seconds flat. Like they didn't seem to have any special skills. Well, this is the thing that you could have showed if they <laughs> fought each other a bit. Yes, like, you could actually but show actually, that, like you know, and but show why each one is essential to this team. Like you know, Harley should have been. Because they just have her being daffy and wacky and adorable, but it's like... No, no, no. She has a baseball bat, Charlie. <clears throat> and she hits people with a baseball bat. Yeah. So if Superman... Like, if Superman <laughs> decides to be evil, she's got a baseball bat. So... But they should just show her to be like a master manipulator, just playing head right. games with people constantly. Which is almost what they touch on a few times. <laughs> like, they are going to do that. I and know. And they just don't. Yeah, she has to be constantly manipulating everybody. That's got to be, yeah. you know... Yeah, she's a clown on the outside. Right. But that's the joke. Is that she's actually the pup- puppet master? But also her origin story—they gave no fucking like explanation to why this, you know, like you know, intelligent, oh, yeah, beautiful shrink would somehow like. That's an interesting. That's story an interesting to tell. story. That's what they should have done. Right? Could you have tell been me how third act, she falls in love with like she goes from being this like sensible person who like for okay. whatever is like you know awoken in her by the Joker. Right. So here's what you do: is you just strip back that first act and just establish Deadshot and Harlequin. And then halfway through the first act, Rick Flagg gets contacted by Amanda Waller because they need to do this suicide mission. And then he brings those two characters together at first. And so you can tell her backstory as you're establishing where she is now. And yeah, you have like two or three scenes, which is just like, it'd be amazing to see how charming is the Joker. Like, how does this Right, because we don't get to see that. No. Like, basically, we get to see where he's really good at set design. 
Yeah. Like he's really good at laying flowers and guns on the ground. So in case there's a camera from above that he can lay in the middle of. <clears throat> and there are p- moments where I, like, I don't love his take on like the Joker, but it's Let, a take. Leto or David Ayer. Um, or oh, both. well, whatever. Whoever's fault it is. Like, <laughs> Zack but, Snyder, I'm looking at you. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Zach. No, I mean, I, <clears throat> I don't have anything against it. It was a, he had a, he was doing something and, you know, he made a choice and there was bits of it that I think actually worked. Um, it wasn't my favorite, but if you'd seen him be charming first, if you'd seen him genuinely, like, here's something fucking evil to show. Just don't show someone being fucking crazy and like, you know, making, here's something, seduce a genuinely good person. Yeah. Imagine if in that first act, okay, here you go. You, You tell that. Everyone else's assembly. So that's the story you're telling. These are your kind of two stories you're telling at the start, right? You have one, which is this is story of like the Joker and Harley Quinn, right? And you're kind of getting like, you know, the how he seduces her and like, you know, to the kind of fucking dark side, essentially. And then that's kind of going, you know, concurrently with this other story of like, you know, the team being assembled. Yeah. And then at some stage, those two things 100%. come together yeah. with Harley Quinn there. Yeah. And then you've got this fucking genuine reason for the Joker to, yeah. you know come back but also a reason for her to be there and whatever fuck yeah that's a heaps better movie yeah heaps better strip back all those characters <laughs> and then you could just bring in then all because they don't use Captain Boom Captain Boomerang Boomerang Captain whatever Boomerang. he's called they don't use Boomerang or Killer Croc or June Moon or any of those other kind of bad guys much anyway so no. just have them like take them out of the first act and just contain them to like halfway through the, the second act and they can just have their one scene and get killed or, or right. whatever. But also the other thing is you could have not only, you know, people from like the Suicide Squad assembles, like, but also like when they're assembling people, like there's no reason that Captain Boomerang couldn't be having a run in with Killer Croc. Yeah. Before either of them are recruited. Like you could stumble on two of them in some situation together and tell a bit of the story that way. Did you, so they do actually get a moment. Did you like his little... um? He's his CCTV boomerang. <laughs> he threw the boomerang and then pulled out his iPhone and stuff and was like, that's that, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> that's your special skill? I mean, a lot of the time, that's what it felt like. You just go, oh, that's it? Like they wouldn't, the Suicide Squad used an awful lot of touchscreen technology. They all seem to have fucking iPhones. Aren't they no. all like convicts? Why are they, what are they doing with fucking iPhones? She's fucking texting the Joker. No, they all have them up their ass. So that's how you smuggle them into prison. That's why I had all the shots of Margot Robbie's ass because yeah. what they're saying is, oh, that's where they're that's keeping where all the phones. <laughs> that should be Apple's new uh, billboard. <laughs> it's where Harley... <laughs> this is where Harley keeps her iPhone. <laughs> yeah, it's... Um... The new iPhone, you might say it's Harley thin. <laughs> See, we could do product placement, <laughs> seamless product placement, if Apple are yeah, willing to give us a few hundred dollars so that we can make jokes about their products being in Harley Quinn's hearts. Should be fine, right? Yeah, I think so. Can't believe the advertisers wouldn't want to jump on board in those moments. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's a much better story in there. Like the characters and, you know, there are mm. bits and pieces of it that are really quite fun. And I like that guy... Um, the the guy from the killing and like there's some good actors flag. in it. yeah and but whoever the actor is I don't know what the actor's Rick flag. name is but oh uh, he's Robocop <laughs> Robo Robocop plays Rick Flag yeah that's so I like tall him. skinny guy yeah I thought he was good like I mean you know there was what about that people. little little Clint little Scott Eastwood he was in it but you barely noticed him who was he he was the like second in command to um Robocop oh really you know, yeah you know he had like a I think he wore a hat. <laughs> 
I mean, I feel like I could do that sort of part. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do I see to like... If you told me you'd been in Suicide Squad, yeah. I would have guessed it much faster than Baywatch. Yeah. And I, yeah, I could, I could definitely be like his assistant. Like, you know what I mean? Like a guy... Like, because often they would probably do like co-pro... Not co-productions. They're probably not called co-productions. Uh, crossover episodes with the Australian military. Like, I actually know a guy who like flew ho- helicopters and trained the, the American helicopter. He took us around the like the helicopter base at San Diego and like wow. it was so fucking top gun. It was awesome. Like all these like, you know, $50 billion helicopters and shit. It was fucking baller. But he... Um, baller. Baller. That's yeah. really what it was. There's no other way to fucking... I put my sunglasses on and I fucking sang top yeah. gun songs. It was awesome. Yeah. Corey Hart fucking starts playing. Everyone's yeah. looking around. You I, moonwalk out I, of there. Yeah, I'm playing volleyball. Oh, They're like, well, how did you set that up? <laughs> this is like an Air Force thing. But yeah, it was fucking amazing. Sat in a helicopter. It was, yeah, it was really fucking cool. But yeah, so that I could be like a one of those guys. Yeah, I could say. Some you, guy holding that, a clipboard. Yeah, totally. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> the other way around. That's my joke. Because we do things the other way around in Australia. Ah, uh, yeah. Always under. be upside down. So I've got down. everything upside down. They'd have to slap you on the back of the head. Corporal. Corporal. <laughs> Turn that round. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, sorry, mate. I'm from yeah. Australia. Right. That's how we do things down under. And then Will Smith says, what, what's Crocodile Dundee doing here? Yeah. And then Killer Croc says, hey, I'm a croc. <laughs> oh, that's, that's already better. <laughs> <laughs> that thing that you just improvised <laughs> is already better. <laughs> Uh, so Warner Brothers, call us. <clears throat> the thing about that saddens me is that when I was reading comics as a kid, I was a firmly like a DC kid. I just liked those comics better. And I am yet to see like a DC film that I'm like, ah, fuck, that takes me back to the comic book. Like what I think that Marvel seems to do for people who grew up reading Marvel comics. Like I, I think it really appeals to kind of, it has that nostalgia element, but you know, they're doing something with it. Whereas DC, just start with the fucking basics, mate. Well, it's their approach. Like the, it's been, it's been publicly stated by people who are a lot smarter than me and know a lot more about comic books than me. But essentially, the Marvel's approach, their philosophy. There's that, you know, the dude who's in charge of it all, like Kevin Feige. Yeah, and his philosophy is that they start with the source material, and that like all the movies are built out of the source material, and you've got to know the character, and you've got to know, you know what they're about, and that's how they've been able to turn like essentially minor characters because people forget. That Iron Man and Captain America? Yeah. Like, you know. They were jokes. Mate, that's like you suddenly fucking, you know, new kids on the block come back and Donnie's the lead singer. No. You know what I mean? Like It's fucking Jordan or no one. Right, exactly. <laughs> I don't like these new, new kids on the block. <laughs> I like my kids in their appropriate places on the block. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's... They, they've done a great job of really understanding the characters and that's why they've been able to expand the universe so mm. well. Whereas DC have tried to deconstruct the characters and so quickly throw them all in. Like, they're terrible at origin stories. Mm. That's what they're terrible at. They just can't... Like, I mean, the fact that they introduced all these fucking cool characters through fucking clip art in Batman versus Superman. But secondly, even in this movie, like in Suicide Squad, the two cameos, again, spoilers, but whatever. Like, the Flash... Is in it yeah. for reasons I can't even remember. Stopping uh, one of Australia's banks getting robbed. No, yeah, okay. All right. So the Flash couldn't have got involved in the other 15,000 fucking bank robbers in Australia? <laughs> Fuck you, Flash. Right. But secondly, he's the fastest man on earth. You can get to one of those other fucking robberies. Anyway, whatever. Yeah, issues for another time. You're saying Bolt was taking care of those. And guys. then uh, fucking uh, Batman's in it to just punch a chick. <laughs> 
Yeah, that you know, was, uh, if you don't like hate me enough from killing randoms in the last one, I'm just going to punch it. Yes, somebody wrote to me when I mentioned that on Twitter. They were like, oh, it was in the plot. And I was like, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's justified by the plot. But Batman's in this movie for like a minute and a fucking half. And like some of that is punching all. <laughs> allocate your time. I'm saying if he was in it for like like all of the fucking movie, then maybe at some stage in the movie, you could he can fucking, in context, punch a chick. But you've, come on, come on. <laughs> I uh, I still am not sold on this version of Batman. Well, it's all over the shop. That's what we realise now. Yeah, but it's just. But I don't like the look of it. Even did you stick around for the button? Uh, but the spoilers. button. All right, spoilers. It's like they don't understand. No, there cannot be spoilers basic, because literally the thing marketing. and the button is anyway what they've told us fucking two weeks before. Yeah, exactly. which is that they're making the Justice League right, and we've known. Since like fucking two years ago. You so fucking invited making... journalists to your set two months ago and showed them everything and had like, you know, 40,000 articles released on the right. same day. We know everything. That's the button. Us. You don't normally do buttons and your button is like somebody online said, well, maybe it's actually a button for a Justice League versus the Suicide Squad um, like movie. Oh, and then I'm like, well, that is a very optimistic button. Although actually Suicide Squad has been like people have been going to say it. Much like its reviews have been terrible, but people have actually been going to see it, and I don't mind that because I do think, although they're going to give the same guy the fucking sequel, I suppose, but <sighs> I do think you could make a better movie if you now that they're actually a squad. If you really like, if you sat down yeah. and you actually you could actually make a decent movie. Yeah, I yeah, I guess so. I just think <clears throat> I I feel like a a, a reboot of the universe is coming. I I don't reckon they're going to make it to their. You know how they've got their laid out what their next you know five or six films are going to be i don't think they're going to get there because i just unless wonder woman is huge they and they need to knock it out of the park it's just not going to charlie you don't think no that's my lock of the week (laughs) (laughs) and if you like that you might like our other podcast two guys one cup we talk afl and socks Um, we can wind this up. All right, cool. Uh, hey, um, we're gonna, busy, man. I actually have something to plug. Uh, yeah, so go for it. Yeah, yeah go sorry, on. I know. Yeah, it's back it. to that. But um, okay, well, a couple of things. Uh, I'm I'm doing the dollop. Uh, they're uh, Melbourne and Sydney shows for the dollop live shows, and they are coming up. Um, I am also, uh, and I have to give this a plug, doing some uh, improv shows. What are you talking about, Will? I'm going to do my really? um, improvised stand-up shows, which I haven't done So for can a... I come and just yell out suggestions? You can if you want, yeah. yeah. Um, so I do them at the Sydney Comedy Store. I haven't done them for You're a You're a lifeguard! <laughs> oh no, my one foible. <laughs> the one thing I can't play. <laughs> no one buys it. No, any other character! <laughs> no, lifeguard. <laughs> Unlikely lifeguard. Yes, that's the, that's my biography. When I write my Peter Phelps tell, it'll be called Unlikely Lifeguard. Um, so uh, I'm doing, I think, five of them at the Sydney Comedy Store, which is a place I'd like to do them because they are essentially crowd work and improv shows. So I like talk to people in crowd and I just weave a show for an hour out of the night. They're all different. Like some people like to come for, for multiple nights, but uh, I'm basically doing that because I'm broke. But also, you know, I do actually really like doing them. So my brokenness has uh, led to me actually doing something hey, that I love. Hey, what do you want me to do? I'll dance for you. Watch me dance. I can yeah. dance. Look. Cha, 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 cha. Essentially, oh, yeah. hey, I'm, hey, hey. I'm busking in a venue. Yeah. <laughs> 
So if you could come out and support that, people do uh, tend to like those shows and they sell out pretty quick. So uh, they are on sale at the moment. So that is something that I needed to uh, mention. Oh, and America. I have heaps of shows coming up in America. I'm coming to, going to Portland, Cleveland, Denver, um, Madison, Wisconsin, maybe Minneapolis you as say well. With, I can't say with... You say it again? Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. I always want to say Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's, oh, not, that's not how you say it. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Is that it? Yeah. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin. It's a fucking hard one. Yeah. So I will be there um, <laughs> a, 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 in Madison, which I last time I was there. I, Madison. Matt. Ma- ma- <laughs> 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 uh, it's, a, it's a really brilliant place. But uh, the one I'm really excited about is uh, Helium in Portland. Uh, it's my first time doing solo shows. I've done the festival in Portland and it was some of the best, most fun shows I've ever done in my entire life. I loved Portland so much and now they've got legal weed and I really want to become a regular at their club because why wouldn't I want to be a regular at one of the best comedy clubs in the world in a place that has legal weed? I've already knocked off Denver. <laughs> They're very good to me. So I could really even out my calendar if Portland gets behind me. I'm there for two shows, Saturday and Sunday. Margaret Sh- Margaret Cho is doing the um, second show. So it's going to be a fucking cool weekend. So you can come down and see Margaret show. Margaret if you Cho wanted to, the Margaret Cho show, the Margaret Cho um i will be doing the show previous uh on both of those nights so it's really exciting um so if there are anyone uh, is there anyone listening in portland or near portland who would like to come out to those obviously the better supported they are the more chance that they will invite me back so it's really cool anyway i'm very excited i'll post all the details when i have them uh we are also going to the la podcast festival oh yeah fuck i keep forgetting <laughs> yeah it's soon. it's actually not I that know. far away it's like four three three and a half weeks yeah. four weeks so we have to come up with some guests oh, we have to like and come up with a, work a out show. some guests and the show some stories for the show oh, fuck I'm, I'm tapped out man I've been collecting a few too oh. I've been sitting on a few I've All been right. thinking about it you fuck so you're playing the long game I went out I hard. have because you know what like at last one during the comedy festival like when you said some, we need some fucking topics for Dixie like I was glad he was live there because I was like Saturday Night Live you know where they're still like writing the scripts at the last moment <laughs> and putting on the cards that was me yeah. basically going I don't know what stories I should <laughs> do I've run out of fucking stories because I'm in the middle of a comedy festival and I've used all my good stories <laughs> So I have. I've yeah. been I've been making some notes, and uh, so oh, I have fuck. some. Fuck, I'm just gonna. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to meditate. I'm gonna think of some. Ah, uh, and we have to decide some guests. Yeah. But uh, you right. can watch the live stream. It's twenty five bucks, but only twenty if you use the code TOFOP, and we get a kickback of seven bucks. Yeah. Uh, we will have some posters, maybe some t shirts, if we can work that out as well. But James has done this brilliant new design. And speaking of James, we have a Patreon page. Yes. Uh, where you can support us for ten dollars, which is the James Fosdyke level. Um, you get this uh like free comic every couple of weeks. And it's fucking amazing. Like, yep. um, we are, here's the thing. Anyway, should we, t- anyway, here's what I will say is I would like, we'd like more people to see it. Yes. Now, it'd be awesome if more people see it by like donating 10 bucks because that'd be really cool for us. But if you can't, then we just at some stage have to, I think, look at some other way, whether it's putting them in a book or whether it's offering some other level where you can act or something because yeah. these things are just, people need to seize it. Yeah. They're just too fucking good yeah. to be wasted on... Not wasted. No. Great. <laughs> and we just lost... And the end. Well, just on the uh, no, Patreon page now numbers. and boop, and they're gone. No, I don't mean that. <laughs> I just mean that they are so good as the people who are getting... We want... Yeah. That. It, for us, it's, it's, it's a question of economics. We need right. to... Uh, have make enough money to pay James to create them, yep. but at the same time we need people to see them. So we're trying to find a happy balance. Yeah, what that. the balance is because we don't need to. Out of that, we really just want to like to be able to pay James to do them. Mm. But there's 
a level of like us, yeah, you know, to, to make them worth James's time that we need to kind of get to. So if you are, have been thinking about supporting the podcast, then yeah, you have it. You don't have to like join up at ten dollars forever. Like that's the other thing. Yeah, is like even if you want to like access it for a while, you yeah. know, try it out yeah. and see if it's worth it. Then yeah. do that. You'll get a couple of them in a month, and yeah, you know, try a couple of months. And if it's you, you feel it's not for you or not worth just it, just be like me. Get drunk, go online, put your credit card details oh, into man. something, and then forget why you're getting stung for seven dollars every month. Exactly. From- but I'm not fucking Zono doing the census government because <laughs> you fucking want my information. Yeah. I'm putting on my tinfoil hat. Uh, and that done? is a whole new podcast. Yeah, exactly. Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. I'm Charlie. Well, you, damn it. Oh, I've ruined it. No. Sorry. You know what? Life's about mistakes. That's okay. Let's just embrace mistake. it, right? Yep. We'll go okay, for flow. Man. We'll start again. I look at you. I accept... I accept your 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 um uh, your apology. Thank you. And I give back to you I'm assurance sorry. that yep. I am not offended. And together, I, we say I'm Charlie Clawson. Okay, I'm Will Anderson. <laughs>